So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of kids' classic, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. On Tuesday, how Rockford became the cheese of kings. On Wednesday, we meet the Jobs and Wozniak of the 1800s. On Thursday, the history of the YMCA, from the City of London to the village people. And on Friday, the edgy musical that made Greece the word. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help. From fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thank you to everyone that completed our listener survey. Since the last episode, we learned lots. Someone is going to win some merch. More on that later. And we learned that while you know Terry has videos on Carfection, You didn't know that they have other brilliant F1 videos on there. So we are starting a film club. This week, there is McLaren Senna, a tribute to Ayrton's greatest lap. Next is perhaps the most extraordinary overtake. As the train of cars sweeps downhill through the intimidatingly fast Krenner curves, Ayrton stays wide in the wet and passes the Cyber of Venlinger around the outside of the right hand. It's a sensational reading of the track and the available grip. Phil, what are your thoughts on that? It's lovely. Really well, really nicely shot, really nicely written, well presented by Henry Catchpole. A really nice in-depth look into not only the McLaren Senna road car, but also reminiscing on uh, Ayrton Senna's terrific lap around Donington in the wet and the 1993 European Grand Prix. And then going to Donington with the Senna, doing it again, but except not in the wet or in a race. Terry? I don't know if I'm doing this wrong, but... When I go to Carfection, I expect there to be some bearded twat get on about Formula One and trying to be funny. Uh, and instead, we get some well-made, well-written, nicely researched piece about a car and a lap. I think you've been a bit harsh on yourself, Terry. I mean, the only real difference is that Henry Catchpole doesn't have a beard and you weren't driving a car. And I can't drive a car. Yeah, but he probably can't pilot a shopping trolley either. True. So thank you. That was our new Carfection film club. Go check it out now. We have linked to it in the show notes. Carfection. For the love of cars. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the most successful F1 podcast of all time. We have won more podcasts than Missed Apex have. Yeah, it's true. 
Between yeah. us and Lewis Hamilton, we've got 92 Grand Prix victories. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the Marlborough Tattoo of F1 podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. As you can see, I've had it lasered off. Other arm, Terry? Yeah. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the Kimi Raikkonen opening lap of F1 podcast. It looks like we're going to have a really exciting podcast, but after a few minutes, it'll just go into the same old, same old sh- Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that starts unexpectedly wet, but then progresses about as you'd expect. I'm sorry, this has never happened before. I think it's because it's cold. <laughs> Hello you, I'm Chica Raz, and in time you will come to fear me. But for now, we are going to talk about the Portuguese Grand Prix. Lewis Hamilton ascended into the heavens to become a golden god. Kimi looked good for a bit, and Albon sealed his fate as next year's Alpha Tauri driver. We are going to talk about that, whether Portimao turned out to be a good track or not, someone wins some merch, and there'll be sea bombs galore starting right now. Well, I can just say That is all to come. Joining me is a freelance motoring journalist who drove some BMWs. It is Phil Tromans. I went uh, out and about again for only the second time on a work trip since uh, March, whenever it was. Uh, I went to Bista Heritage. Uh, a frankly tremendous facility um, where BMW had decided to bring basically all of its cars and uh, let us drive any, uh, as motoring journalists, drive any that we hadn't driven. When you say BMW brought all of its cars, yeah, you don't mean... Approximately 85,000 of them uh, this year. So no. like anyone who had a BMW just suddenly woke up in the morning to find <laughs> it had gone from their driveway. <laughs> and they'd all yeah, they're gonna, been they are going to have to have a lot of explaining to do. But, you know, motoring journalists are, are quite important people. So, you know, they'll understand, I'm sure. What was the best car what you drove on your day out? Well, I actually only drove a handful of them. I drove the new 4 Series. Big grill. Very big grill. Is there such a thing as a 5 Series? There is. I drove one of those as well. And a, a 6 Series? One. Yep, there's a 6 Series. What about 7? Yep. Eight? Yep. Nine? No. Oh. Because nine is no in German. Oh, you're doing a joke. And I totally so is there a ten? No. Is there a nine? No. Nine. Cool. And alongside him is a human man who went to a museum. It is Terry Saunders. I experienced some culture for the first time since, oh, I don't know, January. And I went to the design museum. Oh, that, that sounds good, and I want to hear more about it. But what do you think this podcast is? This is culture. It's not me experiencing culture. This is me delivering culture. This oh, is me okay. standing at the side of the road with a megaphone, shouting the word culture into your fetid ears. That's, Whereas, that's not the word you shout. <laughs> <laughs> it begins with a C. <laughs> now, I went to a museum uh, exhibition about electronic music. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, boop, okay. boop, boop, boop. I don't need to go now. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. Chica, what have you been doing? One of my best friends is leaving London. Well, say she's left London. And originally we were going to have a party to say goodbye. And then that got downgraded to a meal for 12 of us. Then that got downgraded to a meal for six of us. And then obviously that then got downgraded to a walk in the park. So we wow. had a slightly disappointing walk in the park to, to say what farewell to uh, to a really old friend of mine. So yeah. I mean, no, you'll like presumably, presumably see her again, unless, of course, you go to tier three. No, that was it. That was it. Just, you know, walk in the park and then wiped her out of my life. Wow. That'll do. Is, is London tier two now, then? Oh, yeah. We're tier yeah. two, baby. Ooh, yeah. that must suck. What's Hayward Heath? We're minus two at the moment. It's lovely. We've got more freedom than we had before. 
Oh, I can go into other people's houses. I can got, lick you've them. You've got people sleeping over. Cool. Oh, we're having a lovely time. No, I think <laughs> we're still tier orgy. one. It's been it's been relatively not no, less terrible here so far. It's listeners' corner time, and this week it's a steep off-camber left-hander that has just been resurfaced, and who? It's greasy. The main story at Portimao was Lewis Hamilton waltzing into a dominant victory and beating Michael Schumacher's long-held record of 91 victories. Lewis is now officially the most successful F1 driver ever. So Ben Turnbull says Lewis Hamilton certainly makes it hard to like him sometimes, but you have to respect that he is a gentleman and a true sportsman. Let's face it, Schumacher wrote the book on unsportsmanship and I'm not sure Senna was much better. Ryan Simpson agrees and says, I'm not a big fan of his, but he's, always ro- but he's always won the right way, never resorted to underhand tactics and never had a teammate who's literally only there as a human sacrifice. Tom Chapman says, I was quite shocked when I read that only 21 of Hamilton's win came at McLaren. If things had been different and Mercedes had not turned into the dominant team in F1, would we be looking at him as a good one-time world champion like Mansell? And David Burnham says, Hamilton has been very fortunate that he was able to go straight into one of the big winning and competitive teams like McLaren. Most new drivers to F1 have to drive for teams expected to be at the back of the grid. Right. What do you first think? of all, first of all, bullshit to that. Which he one? was the last one. Right. He was not fortunate that he got into McLaren. He got into McLaren because he was clearly fucking amazing. It's like saying Max Verstappen. He, and the, his... In his first season, look how well he did. He, yes. wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done that well if he wasn't an amazing driver. And in yeah, the GP2, yeah, in the GP2 season before, he was standing and everyone was talking about him. Now, you could argue. I mean, yes, maybe you could argue Verstappen's as good, and he should get. He should have got straight into Red Bull and not been tarried around Alpha. What's it called? What are they called? Toro Rosso for a few races. But that's just the way it goes. So it is, and, and to the. To the uh, to the earlier point of uh, you know if he hadn't uh, if Mercedes had not turned into the dominant team would be we talking about as much I think he's a very large part of why Mercedes turned into the dominant team because everything I read and hear about him says he's exceedingly good at helping to to build a, you know a really really good car you know it's not just the fact that he's really quick at driving you know he understands the cars he understands what's needed in a winning car and you know. With all due respect to the engineers, they can only do so much, so much because they're not F1 level drivers. They need that kind of feedback and input from the drivers to be able to continue to build brilliant cars. And that's another thing that he's tremendously good at. It'd be interesting to see how he would do if he ended up at Minardi in his first season and you know then never got further than Racing Point. But the reason he's got that far is because he's so good. You know, Other drivers haven't got there. I think it was it Toto Wolff who said, this week, other drivers moaning that he's only got these victories because he's in such a. It's because he's in a Mercedes. It's like, well, maybe they should be asking themselves why they're not in a Mercedes. Ooh, bitch. Yeah. But also, bitchy, what do you think about people saying that they don't like him? Racist. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, you know, to a certain extent, I suppose that's fair enough. You know, he can come across sometimes as. A bit holier than thou, not in a religious sense, but just sort of, you know, a little bit Michael Jacksony, not in that sense. Um, but I, I completely agree <laughs> that, you know, from from a sportsman point of view, um, 
I think I think he more than holds a candle to Schumacher and Senna because that, I can't think of too many times when Hamilton's been accused of any particularly underhand tactics. No, it's you true. Know, he's he's never clean... rammed anybody off at Suzuka or parked his car and during qualifying at Monaco or tried to ram somebody off the track twice or been banned for a whole season for doing it or disqualified, I should say. So, yeah, no, I agree with um, with Ryan and Ben. You know, wh- whether you like him as a personality or not is almost immaterial. I think he's a, a very sportsmanlike, tremendously talented in all sorts of different areas, Formula One driver. And I love him. Yeah. And let's 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 put it out there now. I I would leave my wife for it. No, I wouldn't. Darling, if you're listening. She's not listening. She's not listening. Um well I think he's great. And uh I and also I don't think other sports people I don't think it's often thrown around how much you like their personality. Okay, so with Alex Alban continuing to be shit and a likely seat opening up at Red Bull next year, who will fill it? So Ian Martin says, right, look, if you are listening, Christian Horner, and you don't sign Perez for 2021, you are a fool, plain and simple. And Will Bowen says, Gasly has re-signed for Alpha Tauri. I think he must have pissed in Christian Horner's tea when he was at Red Bull. Mm. So, what do you think? I mean, all right. So, in order, Alban, as we'll talk about later, had a, another lousy race. That must have been his last chance, surely. You, like, is there anything he could do for the rest of the season that would go, ah, that would make Red Bull go? No, actually, no, we'll keep him. He'd have to win race. the championship. <clears throat> <He would> mm. <laughs> I mean, that would probably do it. But even then, you know, Damon Hill won the championship, and he still got the boot from Williams. So true. Dave. Gasly has indeed re-signed, confirmed today, in fact, that he'll be at Alpha Tauri again next year. So he's not going back to Red Bull. And the, the scuttlebutt is that he, basically Red Bull didn't like the way he worked, as well as him not being particularly good. So that's him done. Um, Perez. No fucking way. So who? Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg? Hulkenberg. Why, why not? Why not Perez? I just, I don't like him. <laughs> leaving outside his personality for a second it's not personality it's actually his driving i Um, don't he's boring he's a boring driver so it is his personality but it's it's his driving personality it's just he's he's good the thing is he's proven that he's a great midfield driver and he's really good at making some tires last and getting in the points on an occasional podium i don't think he'd be any good a top team. But isn't that what you want? Don't you want a Bottas next to Verstappen's Hamilton? Hulkenberg's a good Bottas. He'll get a lucky Perez podium. Hulkenberg's never had a podium. Perez has had loads of them. Yeah, because he's so got... Saying, Perez cheats. So you're saying Hulkenberg. <laughs> Perez cheats? Yeah, Perez cheats. His way of driving is basically cheating. How is it cheating? You know, if you're playing Monopoly and you kind of sneak some money under the table, right? right. It's not technically mm-hmm. cheating, and that is technically cheating. He's like that. He's like he's sneaking. <laughs> you know, he's sneaking, is he sneaking no, tires under the table? No, is that not. what you're saying? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but I can't think of one. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so who are we saying? Are we don't Hulkenberg. Yeah, maybe Hulk. So one of the major talking points about Portugal was the fact that we were in Portugal. The Algarve International Circuit held its first F1 race. So what did you guys make of it? So Ross Chaplin asks, what, and I cannot stress this enough, the fuck was those opening laps? And Greg Campbell wants to know, 
Why is there so much more overtaking at circuits not designed by Herman Tilker? And Alan David says, great evidence to bring entire warmer ban, cold tyres at start, equals exciting opening laps. They're right. I totally agree. Wow. First things well, you- first, the best thing about the race was that Portimao sounds like people are saying potty mouth. <laughs> And they keep saying the Potty Mouth Grand Prix, to which I think my time has come. (laughs) Why weren't you there? Why weren't you on commentary duty? I was was the guy with the flag. Fuck off! It's a yellow fucking flag! I'm taking your fucking lap time away, you (laughs) Aside from the name, uh, what did you reckon to the track? Haven't seen it before in F1. I think it was good. I liked it. It's lumpy, isn't it? Yeah. It was There's very up and dirty. Down. Yeah. Algarve sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been. The f- opening laps were insane. Not sure that's to do with the track or not. I mean, what, what what was going yeah, on with how, the opening laps? I don't really understand. How much uh, of it was tyres and how much of it was track? Tyres was most of it for the first few laps. Uh, basically, the softs seemed to work exceedingly well. Uh, at the start from straight away and the mediums took a couple of laps to heat up that seemed to be the main trouble with tyres this weekend is getting getting enough heat into them to make but them but the work. mediums were actually bad it wasn't even like the softs were better like the mediums were bad like Hamilton was like yeah, yeah. crawling around yeah, yeah. everyone at medium yeah. for the fir- uh, on mediums for the first couple of laps was basically like Way! but then after a couple of laps they started to heat up and then they went past all the soft guys again um, and I agree with the Herman so that, Tilke thing yeah I mean that's you know I, I undulation. think there was undulation is good, but actually, to be honest, a lot of the overtaking was on the main straight because the DRS seemed to be maybe a little bit too long. That's uh, true. If they ever do come back, they'll probably be a little bit shorter. But um, there was a little bit of overtaking, but a lot of it again was caused by tire differences. Cool. Um, so yeah, the different it seems to be tires. Let's piss around with the tires again. That can only have great results. But I, I really like the track. Even you know, it wasn't maybe the most overtaking race in the world, but I thought it was an entertaining race and, I, and an awful lot of seeing the cars pop up, pop up over the hills and then disappear again made up for any lack of uh, lack of entertainment. I just like them seeing go up and down, up and down. What's that coming over the hill? Is it a Red Bull? <laughs> Is it Verstappen? So just before Portimao, it was announced that Haas will be dis- ditching both its drivers next year. Roman Grosjean and Kevin Kevin Magnussen will be looking for new jobs in 2021. And we're pretty confident that neither will stay in F1. Harvey Graham Green says the Haas wankers showed in Portugal that we may not notice them leaving. And Nick Peppel says, you guys have to change your pronunciation of Haas now to signify the new era. Robert Barres says, first there was Jolian, then Roman. Don't fret, someone new will take the torch. And Charles Mussard suggests replacements, Sergio and Hulk. Well, let's do this backwards. The replacements are going to be Mick Schumacher and um, Nikita Icing Cake Marzipan. That's him. <laughs> um, that's not been confirmed, but I think it's pretty much an open secret. Uh, we will change the financial of Hass. Pronunciation. We will change the pronunciation. Change the pronunciation of pronunciation of Hass <laughs> when we decide to, not when you fucking tell us to. You shit. Um, <laughs> That's harsh. And the Hass wankers. Yeah, let's be honest. We found out this week that their car has a weird overheating suspension that yeah. means the aero load changes 
by up to 4% throughout the lap. Now, I don't know enough about what that means, but it does not sound good. No, that sounds like a fairly fundamental design problem. Yeah, in Formula 1, 4% is like 3 foot. Oh, 4% is like 80. Yeah. Yeah, or like lots. Um, If Grosjean goes, we'll need a new whipping boy. Any early contenders? We'll decide next year, probably, but... Well, it's got to be Albon if he stays in Formula 1. But we did quite like him. Have we ever quite liked Grosjean? Actually, it could be a beginning quite, quite like Grosjean. Yeah. Well, maybe it will be Albon. Any other contenders? I don't know anything about Mazepan. It's very almondy. So another news. Lance Stroll is horribly diseased and probably endangered everyone that has met him in the last few weeks. Or did he? The Canadian Kazillionaire missed the last race in Nürburgring with the mysterious disease that definitely wasn't coronavirus, but that subsequently turned out to be coronavirus. Well, I'm shocked to tell you. So last week, or last whenever it was, we talked about Lance Stroll not being there. Hockenberg came in, brilliant. And we all joked about, oh, he had something, but it definitely wasn't coronavirus because he said it's not coronavirus. And then it turns out that he had a test on the day of the last Grand Prix and tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, Whoops. But for some reason didn't have to jump through all the same hoops that, for example, Perez did. Uh, so who the hell knows what's going on there? Well, we all know the coronavirus disproportionately affects poor people. And he must have read that statistic and gone, oh, I'm fine then. <laughs> <laughs> did he just pay it off? Yeah. Um, it seems a bit... Odd. I think there's a lot of people a bit cheesed off about it because presumably he wasn't isolating in the manner that he probably should have done. He probably was, because I don't think anyone likes him, so he's probably sitting on his own most of the weekend. <laughs> he in his own bubble? His own bubble of sadness? Just in, a, in his own motorhome, and everyone's like, oh, he's in there again, he's crying. Oh, oh wow, okay. Now it's gone a bit darker than I wanted it to, but... Um, it's okay it's, when a rich person cries, Phil. Okay, fine. They cry cash. But it seems like he's all right now. Although, you know, he is, as we discussed last week, suffering from the lingering effects of uh, coronavirus, which include being shit at F1, which we'll discuss later on. Ah, uh, yes. That's why I think I haven't had it. Because <laughs> I'm great at Formula One. <laughs> as you assume. Tell us how wrong we are. Well, you can tweet us at for f one sake or find us on Facebook where we're for f one sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we are right, well, you owe us a beer and we have a lot of donors this week. So we're going to tackle them through some clever formatting. First, those with comments. So thank you, David Sayer, who says, I look forward to you butchering my name like everyone else does. I think you're fine. It's David Sayer. Sayer. Yeah, I think we got it. (laughs) Nothing at all. Let's do the whole song. Harvey Graham Green, he says, I often listen and don't donate. It was the coverage of Grosjean's finger that encouraged me to do it. Uh, I know Harvey. I know Harvey Graham Green's brother, Harvey Errol Flynn. <laughs> William Davies, who says, as an American F1 fan, listening to this podcast at work is my substitute for not having any fellow American fans to discuss motorsport that's not NASCAR with. This is a tricky one because he seems like a really nice guy and lonely because he's an F1 fan. But also, he loves NASCAR. Probably a Trump voter. No, no. I think I think he's saying that he he doesn't he doesn't want to talk about NASCAR. He wants to talk about F1, and everybody else wants to talk about NASCAR. Oh, I see. You're right. I okay, could be well, wrong. 
I could okay. be wrong. Uh, Again, let, let us know, William. Um, by uh, donating again and sending us another message. Jason Weber, who says, I completed the survey, also shops around and bought two pieces of amazing FF1S swag. F1 can't die. Not like this. Not like this. It will be like this. It Thank will you, be Jason. exactly like this. It will just be slowly dribbling away until everyone goes, what was that thing we used to watch? So then we're going to do some some word association with, uh, with these donors. One word each, please, for these. Rian Parkin. Park it. Car park. Starting Bud to May. That's five words. <laughs> Robert Fry. Time to die. Pie. Fr- fry. Pie. James Kerr. Are you sure? Martin Griffiths. Well, I need a pisses. Observatory. Lucas <laughs> Raskiewicz. That sounds like you said it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Raskiewicz. I love <laughs> Satan. Comes to, the first word that comes to mind is butchered. Lucas Raskiewicz. Joel Shapiro. Shapiro. He shouldn't be there on his own. David Roberts. Dave Bob. Christopher Phillips. Double N and Phillips, loving it. Miranda Treffrey. Sounds like Jeffrey. Sean Lord. Our God. John Bankston. John Wankston. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, a big thank you to our regular donors for their continued support in beer. Alan Digby, Keith Falconer, Charlie Fraser, Jenny and Ralph Brynard, Bryce Davies, Jason R. Bradley, James Kelly, John Audenbroski, Paul Hinton and Christopher Lee. Join them by going to ff1s.com forward slash pint pint pint. And now it's time for the teams. Mercedes! Hamilton is now the winningest driver ever, but does Bottas now hold the record for number of races being fastest at every point except where it actually mattered? Yes, classic Bottas. He's brilliant except when he needs to be. Then he loses by 25 seconds. Well, but he even got in the lead. He got in the bloody lead and he still... Again, that's like two races in a row. He's leading yeah. the race. and then he Fastest in every single practice. Fastest in every single qualifying session, I think, except Q3. And got in the lead and still loses by an enormous margin by modern standards. 25 seconds in the same car on the same tyre strategy without any do you major think he just gets? Do you think he just gets excited? Do you think yes. he's just like... Whoa! I do think there's an element of that. I think he can't handle the pressure. I did once lead a race on the Xbox, like, you know, those kind of online races. And I was in the lead. By merit, you know, I started like sixth, but got into the lead on like the second lap, and I couldn't handle the pressure. It was terrifying. <laughs> there is a lot of it. It's so a lot easier to be chasing something down rather than, uh, unless you're Bottas, obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we've discussed it. Hamilton's one of, if not the greatest of all time. Bottas is just a quick racing driver who isn't as good at racing. But he, anybody next to Hamilton is isn't going to look great if, um, if Bottas is on his well, the internet begs to differ, but pretty sure if I was in that car, we'd be talking about me a lot more as we I would. crash into everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not convinced you'd get out of the pit lane, but um, yeah, you know, it's it's old news now. It's exactly what I think everyone expected to happen. Was it not? I mean, was anyone surprised? Red Bull! Verstappen tangled with Perez and came in third, but Alvin didn't manage to tangle with anyone as he watched them all go sailing past as he finished out of the points and surely as we said out of a 2021 drive we haven't talked about Verstappen yeah. what did you think it was good you know he again, did clap Perez though come on well 
Did he clap Perez or did Perez clap him or was it a racing incident? Look, you know I like Perez and he Uh, definitely clouded him unfairly. Verstappen was good, you know, he's he's Verstappen, he's good, he's he's getting the best out of a car that's not as good as uh, the Mercedes and is very hard to drive and he was third again. McLaren. Sainz actually got into the lead for for real, uh, but then he fell back. Lando was doing very well, but then he got nerfed by Stroll. Yeah. Was, Sainz was amazing. That was, was genuinely for, for great. Three laps. Yeah, the first three laps were tremendous. So, you know, maybe maybe temperature changing tyres are the way to go. But um, <gasps> They could have tyres like Global Hypercolour. The colour of the tyre is based on how hot or sweaty they are. How about sweaty? Yeah, how sweaty. But that's how the t-shirts work. I guess that's the sweaty. Science. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you know, he did really well until it became clear that it was mainly because the other car's tyres weren't working. And then he just went slowly backwards. But, you know, he drove... It was fine. He did a reasonable job. He got um, past Bottas. Yeah. But, I mean, that's not... Yeah, true. It's not that much to say, is it? Um... And yeah, Lando got clobbered by Stroll, who we'll come to in a bit. So he was driving all right, but then he broke his car, and that was the end of that, really. But he was not doing as well as signed. No, but I think it was, they were stupidly close in qualifying. It was like point zero 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 five or something in qualifying. They were they were pretty well matched. Cool. So Ferrari, Vettel was so far off Leclerc, he may as well have just been still driving around the last Grand Prix. Leclerc was just good. No, I thought Leclerc was properly superb in this good. race. Good, good. Like, good. really good. Like, like how good. you get that absolute dog of a car into fourth place, not just fluking it, he was fourth in qualifying, he was fourth in the race, uh, and Vettel how was long? nowhere. How long is Leclerc going to be at Ferrari for? He signed like a 58-year contract. Yeah, so. I think he's there till he dies. And maybe even after that. <laughs> um, It'll be like Mission Winnow. They'll have just like uh, another driver in his contract sit seat. <laughs> um, It'll be interesting to see, talking about Hamilton earlier and his, his skill, not just being a really good driver, but being, you know, being able to help build a brilliant car. Be interesting to see if Leclerc can do that. Because Schumacher did it as well. Um, and being in the right place at the right time Fernando Alonso that's a good thing about being a good driver is not to end up in a dog shit Ferrari yes Um, Mm. but no I thought Leclerc was was really good in this race and Vettel was miles off you know I think he said in an interview he just he hasn't got a feel for the grip in the same way that um, that Leclerc does I think it's because the Italians are putting horses heads in Vettel's cockpit and he has to smush past like rotting head corpse uh, do you reckon it's like literally just under the the, fa- the camera that faces them so you yeah, can't yeah. quite see it but it's just but staring whenever Vettel looks the down face. there's just like a worm coming out of a horse's eye <laughs> oh grazie ragazzi Alpha Tauri Gasly was mega again finishing a deserved fifth and once again making Albon look like well Pierre Gasly but I mean when you look at the uh, finishing Gasly 19th. 5th had 19th I mean yeah. that's pretty bad yeah Gasly was brilliant again you know stick him in an Alpha Tower he's great and he's I think he's got more of a chance of doing well next year in his uh, confirmed Alpha Tower seat than he would at a Red Bull frankly and I don't know why he'd want to go back there um, 
I mean, if I were him, as I said before, I think you, you, I'd be looking for a way out of my Red Bull contract so I can go somewhere else the following year. Williams. Um, oh, no. <laughs> um, I mean, Kvyat was pretty terrible. Well, let's face it, they've confirmed Gasly for next year today, but they have not confirmed Kvyat. No, it'll be Albon. Ooh. I'm sure it'll be Albon now. I, I would I would put a cheeky fiver on him going back to half tower again. Oh, what do you think? I think Albon's gone. No, I don't think so. Because he, think... remember, he was he was he was good in the AlphaTauri. I think Kvyat and Gasly, uh, sorry, excuse me, um, Albon and Gasly in next year's AlphaTauri is a pretty decent, pretty decent combo. Oh. Although they, I mean, they might uh, they might actually bond over their shared experiences and kiss. What? Maybe racing point. So Stroll might as well have still had coronavirus. A coughing fit in his car would have been the best explanation for his tangle with Norris. And Perez got Verstappen at the start and then got driver of the day. Uh, so you've been saying Perez is boring. I thought he was great in this race. Yeah. yeah. Apart from right. the fact that he tangled with... Well, he tangled with Verstappen on the first lap, ended up facing the wrong way yeah. in last, and then had to pit because he had a puncture. And, and then, then went, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Seven. Oh, I'm going to do that thing where you just have one tyre all race. Oh, I can't wait. Ooh. I mean, one tyre all race would be really impressive. Okay, one set. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, but he did, you know, did it very well. Got back up to fifth from last. Uh, made his tyres last very well. Oh, uh, but then, God. And if, it, if the race was two laps shorter, he would have finished fifth. But then it's like bloody nasty up. Nick in EastEnders. Whenever you're bored, you could turn on EastEnders and know that nasty Nick's coming around asking his mum for money. So our uh, Perez has got tyres. I don't watch it. But I haven't watched his tyres for years. Nasty Nick's <laughs> probably dead, isn't he? Was that was that Leslie Grantham or was that Dirty no, Den? No, that was Dirty Den. You got oh, Nasty Nick, Dirty Den, Ravey Roger. <laughs> God's sake. Good writers no. on EastEnders. Uh, Stroll yeah. uh, was rubbish. I don't. That move on Norris was never on. I don't know what he was thinking. I think they just retired him because he was crap. Didn't he get a load of penalties as well? I think he got two lots of penalties. He had a black and white flag for missing the track. And then there was something... For, <laughs> missing got, the track. Just missing the track. <laughs> Scar, I miss you. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and for, for the stroll thing. And for Norris calamities. Yeah, they retired him because he was a liability. The official reason in the standings was liability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Renault! Renault weren't that great, to be honest. Ricardo buggered up his car and Ocon was one of those beneficiaries of the early lap tyre shenanigans. Danny Rick is somehow fourth in the championship. That well, is... he had some good races. A patch yeah, he got a, got a podium, didn't he? I mean, that's a bad indictment on Alvin, still, isn't it? Yeah, still, though, seeing that he's in fourth, it... It does seem strange he's good. That he got there. He's good, you know. Of all the of all the midfield yeah, drivers, I'm, he's... I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not good. I just don't feel like he's had enough wins or enough. Not obviously not enough wins. I just don't feel he's done well enough to get there. I agree. Now it feels like if you'd ask me who was fourth, I'd have probably gone for signs or someone because it feels like he's been up there more. Just on feeling. I'm not basing it on points scored. <laughs> I'm basing it on feelings. <laughs> I think Ricardo's always been sort of there or thereabouts, whereas McLaren well, have gone from being way to being. Whoa. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And Albon no, it's just has been boring nowhere. consistency. Perez-like consistency. Uh. Um, I mean, wait, when you put it like that, I think it's more everybody else fucking up regularly than necessarily Renault being stupendous. 
But, you know, cool. fair play to Danny Rick. He's got the most out of it. Um, Ocon actually yeah. beat Ricardo in the race, but... He's uh, been very invisible this year. It doesn't feel like he should have beat him in the race. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How did he get... How did he end up beating Ricardo? Oh, because Ricardo um, ballsed up his qualifying, didn't he? He crashed in qualifying. Yes. Yes. And then couldn't couldn't get going in Q3. But surely he still started in front of Ocon. Uh, I don't know what happened, but anyway, I don't really care. At last, five years in, you finally get to be like the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> Alfa Romeo. Kimi had a flyer at the start. He climbed in fifth on the softs by lap two, but then dropped back but held on well in a car that had no right to be in the top 10 and wasn't, but only just. Kimi Raikkonen was amazing at the, at the start. It was. He was. It, it was wasn't like... just that he was on good tyres. He was actually good. Yeah. He had he had two really good laps. This year. For the first time two. in the last 10 years, I would say. Yeah. Well, first time since 2007. When did he last win a race? No, oh, he won it Circuit of the Americas a couple of years ago. Yeah, he won one race in Ferrari's second stint. And now these two laps were as good as that. And apart from that, we're looking at his McLaren years, really, because the first Ferrari championship was a bit of a fluke. So we're going back to, like, you know, the early 1980s when he drove <laughs> <laughs> yes. If If he'd got a point, if he'd got a point in this, we could remember this. We could say, oh, do you remember that drive in Portugal 2020? I think we didn't the... get a point. We will, we will not remember this. No, I've I think already forgotten. Is... In this YouTube age, I think mm. we'll remember it because there's a YouTube video of him uh, of him carving through the field on the first couple nope. of laps, and it's I good forgot. to watch. I'll, I'll I'll remember you, Kimmy. Has on the downside, the Haas is really bad this year because of weirdly overheating suspension. But every cloud turns out Grosjean has been. Warming the team's croissants on it all season. I think it would be a very Grosjean thing that he would just now turn around and go, oh yeah, I put a little croissant heater in the back of the car. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be nice. A toaster. Sorry, it's, it's, it's in my, it's in my recipe book. <laughs> yeah. Races are very you mean you've long. not read the cookbook? Because yeah. if you read the cookbook, I, I wrote it on the introduction, so that's where I put it. And none of what you have read it. it. What, was his, what was his book called? I can't remember now. Was it suitably cringeworthy? I think it was called Suitably Cringeworthy. <laughs> the Roman Grosjean story. Oh, did cooking. they did they do anything in the race? No. no. Fuck them. Next. No, we're not going to miss them. You know, apart from, you know, dropping... We are going to miss Grosjean because that's a lot yeah, of my content. It provides a lot of material. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the ball-sucking it's jokes are always easy to do. Cuisine uh, confidences. Cooking and confidence. Those are two things he can't do. Uh, Williams, Russell. He did well. He was up in yeah. the points for a bit. You know, it was a pit stop thing, but he was doing it. So well done him. Yeah. No, he did, he did very well. Latifi was, you know, big fiat. <laughs> All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. In first place, it's Lewis Hamilton with 92 wins, baby. In second place, it's the 92nd time I've reinvented myself. It's Valtteri Bottas, 92.0. Uh, 92 third place finishes would still be a record, wouldn't it? Ask Max Verstappen. Google's Max Verstappen. 92 million pounds in the bank was worth it. Daniel Ricciardo is in fourth. It's the 92nd clause in my contract, says Charles Leclerc, which is stop Sebastian from feeling any grip. 
Uh, sixth place, 92 laps on one set of tyres. It's Sergio Perez, your favourite. Uh, um, 90 fucking two. It's Lando Norris doing a radio thing that will go on YouTube, just swearing. I mean, think about Lando Norris. He, he's got famous by just like swearing on the radio, which I think is a despicable way to have a career. <laughs> Um, 92 more foes to vanquish oh no hang on 8th place you are 92nd in the queue that's Alexander Albon next year at the job centre um, 92 more foes to vanquish is Pierre Gasly 92 seconds in the lead dad says Carlos Sainz I've had 92 coughs in a row dad let me go home says Lance Stroll I've got daddy issues haven't I uh, Quattro Van Duz says Esteban Ocon uh, 92 days till I'm out of here Sebastian Vettel working his notice 92 days until I'm in a submarine. That's another lazy racist stereotype for Daniel Kvyat. 92 wins, but I don't get a single podium, is Hulkenberg. 92 days since I cut my hair, is Giovinazzi. I'm really running out of things to say about him. I'm 92, is Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> nine for two, nine for two, nine bunches of flowers for two euros. That's Roman Grosjean's job next year. And 92 balls to suck, is Kevin Magnussen. <laughs> And for the teams, it's Halloween coming up. And you know how all the wankers on Twitter do that thing where they change their Twitter name to be something scary for Halloween? Yeah, I've done that. I'll have you. Yeah. What's yours? <laughs> Filtromans. Chica, have even, you done that? It's not even a good one. No, I wouldn't. Of course you haven't done it, way. because we're both respectable individuals. Anyway, for all of those people, all of those wankers you do, the team social media that's probably listening, I've done your job for you. So, in first place, it's Muscadis. In second place, Red Boo. In third place, Racing Pointed Needles to Stab You With. In fourth place, McLarending Your Life With an Axe. In fifth place, Renault No, I've Killed Again. In sixth place, Ferrari, really, there's someone behind you. In seventh place, Alpha Tauri, which is you know scary in 8th place Alpha combing the woods looking for little boys it's Alpha Romeo. what in ninth place overheating suspension oh that's scary and in 10th place it's Willy Flans Willy Flans what Willy Flans is what the murderer makes out of, out of all the little boys penises <laughs> let me make you eat a Willy Flan <laughs> for the man of the match of driving. Sergio Perez. None of us said Hamilton. Oh. Before we move on, it is time to reveal who is going to win that FF1S merch. Uh, Terry, pick a number. 83. Phil, pick another number. 69. <laughs> Halfway between is our winner, Chris Clark. Yeah. Well done, Congratulations. Chris. Congratulations. Brilliant. Chris from the West Midlands. Oh, that we, Chris Clark. We are going to be sending you a special something just in time <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> Sounds threatening. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. 
Did you see how dizzyingly exciting the first few laps of the race were? The track was slippy, the tyres were wet, Kimi felt young again, and a McLaren legitimately passed a Mercedes for the lead. What happened? I don't even know. The tyres weren't what they thought, the track was oily because it was new, and maybe everyone was drunk. I don't care! It was amazing! Only slightly sullied by the fact that you knew in a few laps that the Mercedes might would reassert themselves over the plucky signs, and then Hamilton would reassert himself over Bottas all over again as the tyres sorted themselves out. But again and again and again, F1 shows us it only gets exciting when the data boffins mess up. Imola are having their one practice then quality at the next race, which might help reinforce the hypothesis that the only thing holding F1 back is people that know too much about F1. But don't worry, I have a solution. There's a global jobs crisis thanks to the pandemic, and let's face it, F1 staff have had it too easy for too long. My proposal is this time out is for F1 to help the world economy by firing most of their staff and having replacements randomly allocated from some of the world's furlough and benefit claimants. For one, a lot of people who are wondering if they could feed the family at Christmas will suddenly walk into a six-figure salary job. And maybe it'll help F1 if an ex-Weatherspoons manager was given a new role as head of aerodynamics for Racing Point, or an estate agent is the new press officer for McLaren, and maybe a guy who was homeless last week now runs Ferrari. If it works, then Formula 1 would have done a good thing. If it doesn't, then at least the opening laps would be interesting. Agreed. Brilliant idea. Mm. It's a great idea. Yeah. That was the State of F1 brought to you this season by Carfection and Terry, this video. So a video went up this weekend all about um, maximum tenures of drivers. In this video, I choose to slag off Kimi Raikkonen for being a shit driver and really boring. And obviously that video went up about 20 minutes before Kimi Raikkonen did the one good thing he's done in the last 20 years. So, you know, as you can imagine, the comments are really kind. Find the State of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online. That is youtube.com forward slash carfection. That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. We have not had time to talk about Lewis Hamilton's contract for next year, which he still hasn't signed. Is he going to? Who knows? That'd yes. be a story, wouldn't it? He will. Okay. But imagine if he didn't. Ooh. And to Terry Saunders. We've not had time to talk about also Lewis Hamilton, but his Formula E X stream, oh, Formula yeah. X, Formula Sex launch this week. Formula which Sex. Is Formula Sex. Great. It's as good as it sounds. <laughs> but also, we also also haven't had time to talk about the fact that also launched one i don't know who that that was i just opened my mouth and those beeps came out that was weird um so yeah old rivalry we'll be back next week to discuss the formula one emirates grand premio how do you say that san marino (laughs) it's the san marino grand prix you fucking pricks it's the san marino grand prix but it's not Time, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1 sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1 sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? FF1S forward slash dot com slash 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 shop 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 shop. Don't forget, there is a great video all about Senna's car in our show notes. Go and check it out now. Thanks for listening. See you next week. I've been G Grez. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of kids' classic, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. On Tuesday, how Rockford became the cheese of kings. On Wednesday, we meet the Jobs and Wozniak 
of the 1800s. On Thursday, the history of the YMCA, from the city of London to the village people. And on Friday, the edgy musical that made Greece the word. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.